Hello, residents. My name is Zach Olson. I'm joined today by our newest hero, Maddie Watts. And thank you for downloading this month's episode of the EM Clerkship Podcast. This episode is sponsored by Pearson Rabbits Insurance, my personal independent life and disability insurance agent. We will talk more about Pearson Rabbits later in this episode, but let's get into it. Today is round number one of the game for Maddie. We are recording this in June, actually, so Maddie hasn't even started her first rotation of residency yet. Maddie, how is it going? How's residency so far? How, nice to meet you. It's nice to have you on board. Yeah, I'm so excited to be here. Um, residency's been great so far because I've only had to do orientation. We've been going through all of our PALS, ACLS, BLS, ATLS, all that fun stuff, and getting to meet all my co-interns, which has been a lot of fun. And lots and lots and lots of paperwork, I'm sure. Oh, yes. Lots of corporate compliance, HIPAA, all that fun stuff. It's a good time. But you, just to clarify, so you have not started your first rotation yet? No, I have not. I don't start till July. See, this is this is what's exciting because we're getting you fresh. We're going to see where we're at. I, we've never, for everyone that's listening, like Maddie and I have never recorded. This is literally, this is the first. We're going to see how this goes. It's super exciting. We're all really excited. So We're going to see um, how much I forgot during fourth year. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it's going to be fine. And just so everyone's listening, the same level of mercy lack of mercy that I had for Mike I'm gonna just carry that right on to, to Maddie she's got <laughs> she doesn't have a shot I, I'm just it's gonna be terrible I'm just kidding it'll be bring it'll it be on. fine bring but it it's, on it's gonna <laughs> I like the, all right there we go let's get into it um so uh, Maddie will need to perform today's case in real ABEM oral boards format even though she hasn't even started residency yet she has 15 <laughs> minutes to complete the full case no mercy she does not know what the case is ahead of time if Maddie hits all of the critical actions that I have listed out before Beforehand, she wins, but if she doesn't or she performs a dangerous action, I win. These cases were created by me. They're not derived from actual ABM cases that I had. They're not real patients. Maddie, take out a piece of paper and a pencil, place the paper sideways in front of you, outline a human body on the left side of it, and let me know when you are ready. I'm ready. All right, let me get the timer ready here. <clears throat> Dr. Watts, this will be a single patient encounter. You will have 15 minutes to complete the case. Before we begin, do you have any questions? Nope, I'm ready to go. All right, let's begin. I am starting the timer. Dr. Watts, you are working at Clerkship General. It's your first ever shift when the next patient gets put in your rack. It's a 60-year-old female with shortness of breath. Welcome to emergency medicine. You're up. Let's do this. All right, so I walk in her room. What do I see? So you see a 60-year-old female. Uh, she's well-groomed, but she does look short of breath. All right. Um, can I go ahead and get her on the monitor and get an opening set of vitals? Sure. So the nurse is getting her on the monitor. Her initial vitals are a heart rate of 92, a respiratory rate of 28, a blood pressure of 120 over 80, and an O2 saturation of 89%. All right. And do we have a temperature? 101.2. All right. Um, and is she on any supplemental oxygen right now? She is not. All right, let's go ahead and put her on four liters nasal cannula. The nurse is starting four liters nasal cannula. All right, so um, what brings you in today? Um, yeah, Dr. Watts, I'm just, I'm very short of breath. When did this start? About four days ago. Okay, four days ago. Um, are you short of breath all the time or is it worse when you're exerting yourself? Um, it's just kind of all the time. Okay. Have you noticed any other symptoms with your shortness of breath? I don't know. I just feel kind of sick, I guess. Okay. 
Um, are you having fever chills? I don't have a thermometer, but I think I've been having some fevers. Yeah, your temperature was elevated here. How about any cough? Um, yes, I have been coughing. Has it been productive of any phlegm or anything like that? Uh, yeah, some like some sputum. Okay. Any blood in your sputum? No. Okay. Is anyone around you sick? Um, no. Okay. Uh, do you have any medical problems? Um, yeah, I have a history of high blood pressure. I've had a TIA before. Okay. I have COPD. I have a history of paroxysmal atrial fibrillation and vitamin D deficiency. All right. And do you take any medications for those illnesses? Sure. I take lisinopril. I use albuterol as needed. I'm on rivaroxaban. I take a baby aspirin and I take vitamin D. Okay. And have you missed any of those medications recently? No. All right. And what do you think is going on today? Ooh, well, that's a good question. Um, I think I've, I don't know, I feel like maybe it's my COPD. Okay. Have you been to the hospital for exacerbations of your COPD in the past? Yeah, a while ago. Maybe last year. Okay. All right. Um, can we go ahead and recycle the vitals and see how she's doing on the oxygen? All right. We are rechecking the vitals. Uh, her heart rate is... 80, her respiratory rate is 18, her blood pressure is 120 over 80, her O2 saturation is 92%. All right. Um, I'm going to go ahead and do a physical exam then. Can I listen to her heart? Um, sure. What are you listening for? Uh, do I hear a regular rate and rhythm? Yes. Okay. Any murmurs? No. Okay. Can I listen to her lungs, particularly at the bases, listening for crackles? Um, no crackles. Okay. Any um, focal dullness or um, reduced breath sounds on either side? Um, no, she's maybe a she's kind of wheezing, maybe a little more on the right than the left. Okay. All right. Um, does she have any nasal congestion that's obvious? Uh, no. Okay. Really. All right. Um, just any abdominal pain with uh, light pressure? No. Okay. And then looking at her legs, any pitting edema? Um, no edema. Okay. Or JVD in the neck? No JVD. All right. Um, and ma'am, do you have any allergies to medications? I do not. Okay. Um, all right. Well, let's see. So it sounds like you have been having this for four days. Looks like you're febrile. You've been having shortness of breath, um, some cough maybe productive a little bit, um, and you said no one around you is sick. Is that correct? Correct. All right. Well, let's go ahead and put in for some labs. I think I want to get a, want to get a chest x-ray. Um, also want to do a CBC, uh, BMP, BNP. Um, let's see. Maybe an EKG as well. And then um, if I have a point-of-care ultrasound, I'd also love to do a, a chest ultrasound. All right. Let's see here. Um, so they will grab the EKG first because they're, they're right at bedside already. Okay. And we will send that over to you. Let's see. What else do we got here? You said a chest x-ray. Mm-hmm. We will get that sent over. All right. So I've got the EKG. Let me take a look. Please interpret the EKG. All right. So she said she has 
She said she has a history of atrial fibrillation, but it looks like her R to R interval is pretty consistent. I see P waves, so I don't think she's currently in AFib. Um, I don't really see any ST elevation or depression or T wave inversion that would concern me about MI. So this just grossly looks pretty normal to me. All right. I will send over the chest x-ray. Do you want a two view or just a one view? Um, I think the, the side view with the cardiac profile would be helpful as well. All right. Making more work for me here. <laughs> Hold on. Okay. So I have the um, AP view and looking at it, um, looks like her trachea is midline. She um, has a normal cardiac silhouette not enlarged, normal mediastinum. Um, her lung fields look pretty good, except for her right lower lobe seems like it's got some consolidation in it. Um, I see both diaphragms, so I don't think that there's a huge perlorfusion or anything, but it looks like she's probably got some um, pathology in the right lower lobe. And then let's look at the side. All right, doesn't look like there's any hidden pneumonia in the back I can see um, her spine clearly which is good so I think it's mostly just in the right lower lobe all right um, you also get your labs back uh, the BMP is normal the BNP is normal the CBC shows a white blood cell count of 13.1 a hemoglobin of 13.2 a platelet count of 249 um, and what would you like to look for on point-of-care ultrasound? So the chest x-ray has already given me a little bit of a hint, but I was going to take the probe and take a look at, um, just kind of scan through her lung fields on either side and see if I see um, a lot of beelines, because that would make me concerned about uh, pulmonary edema um, as a, from a cardiac cause. But if I just kind of saw it in one area, that would be more of a concern for a pneumonia. Um, so I have a hunch if I put it on her right lower lobes, I might see some of those beelines. Sure. Yeah, and you see some. So, um, all right. Yeah. <clears throat> all right. So at this point, I think I'll go back to the patient. Um, any change in her vitals since we last saw her? Um, no change in her vitals. Okay. Um, so, ma'am, I think you are probably having a exacerbation of your COPD as well as um, a pneumonia that's probably causing those two things to make you feel pretty sick. Um, and so I do think that um, we should probably go ahead and do some albuterol and epitropium just to help with some of that wheezing that I was hearing earlier. And then I also think that we're going to need to um, put you on some antibiotics for a little while to clear up that pneumonia. Mm, that, sound, that sounds like a good idea. All right. And I think um, based on your oxygen requirement that we're also going to have to have you spend the night in the hospital um, for a little while. Um, so I'm going to need to call my colleagues with medicine and get you admitted. Sure. The pharmacy wants to know what antibiotics you want to start. Ooh. <laughs> um, let's see. I think I'll do azithromycin, and if they could help me with the dose of that, that would be awesome. Right. And so then, just azithromycin? I think azithromycin and ceftriaxone. I'm trying to remember my community-acquired pneumonia guidelines. Okay. 
All right. So zithromycin and ceftriaxone, the pharmacy will help you with the dose. Okay. Um, it is 500 milligrams of zithromycin, a gram of ceftriaxone. Okay. Um, and you said you wanted to call somebody? Yes. Can I call the inpatient medicine team? Uh, bring, bring. This is the hospitalists. Hi, um, I'm Dr. Watts. I'm in the ED. I have a 60-year-old female with history of hypertension, AFib, and COPD. She came in with a fever and oxygen requirement, um, and based off of her examination and her chest x-ray, it looks like she's got a right lower lobe pneumonia. Um, she's stable. She hasn't had any um, problems with her vitals other than the oxygen requirement, but given that she's needed four liters of nasal cannula to um, keep in the 90s range, I do think it's worth having her stay overnight, and I have already had pharmacies start her on azithromycin and ceftriaxone, but I think she'll need to be admitted and um, monitored for a few days. Dr. Watts, are you one of these new interns? I am. All right. Bam. Okay. That ends your case. All right. This isn't even fun, Maddie. It's not even fun. <laughs> you did too well. <laughs> Where's the torment? Where's uh, the suffering? <laughs> the torment was when I was trying to remember the antibiotic guidelines. <laughs> I was like, thank God she like at least struggled for a few seconds with something. Like it's so like what the heck? I don't know what's going on with Mike. He we need to send him through residency. <laughs> You're just like <laughs> Right. Well, we won't make too much fun of Mike. He's not here to defend himself. At least you didn't give me any eye complaints because I probably also would have tried to do a lateral canthotomy. <laughs> nice bringing up the bringing up the embarrassing history. I like it. You're, <laughs> this is going to be great. This is already this is working well. All right. Well, I think I've already spoiled how you did, but um, before we go through how you did, let's talk about our sponsor for the month, Pearson Rabbits Insurance. Stephanie Pearson at Pearson Rabbits is my personal disability and life insurance agent. Around the time I was a resident, one of my attendings started saying, like, uh, Olson, you really need to learn about um, personal finance and start getting on top of some of this stuff before you're an attending. And so I started researching disability insurance when I was a resident. I probably, should, like a third year, I should have done it a little bit sooner in retrospect. Um, but you're going to, when you do this yourself, you're going to find that there's all these options for different agents vying for your business. And they got cool logos and this and that and slogans and stuff. But really what stood out to me about Stephanie Pearson at Pearson Rabbits is she was a physician who was there herself. She completed all of med school, all of residency. She was at the top of her game, and she got disabled. And all of these things that she was kind of relying on to support her in the off chance that she got disabled, which she did, really fell through for her. And it was a giant headache, and it was that you can ask her her story when you, when you set up a phone call. And the reason that I trust her is because she is a doctor who's been through it herself, and she is doing it so that you don't go through the same thing. And so she really gives a lot of good advice, and I just can't recommend her more highly. Go to www.pearsonrabbits.com, set up a phone call, and um, you can ask her her story and get some of your questions answered and figure out how you want to do this. Now back to our case. All right. Um, well, yeah, I think everyone probably knows that you did you did pretty good here, but let's, how do you think you did? Like, what could you have done better? Let's, you know, do the whole thing here. Yeah, I think it was tough to stay on time. I didn't know how much I should go into the history and, you know, I didn't, I was trying to keep things moving. So that was probably the toughest thing for me, I think. Yeah. And you finished with about five minutes <laughs> to spare. <laughs> 
<laughs> so you did fine on time, Mike. You know, Mister like twenty five minutes over there. No, uh, <laughs> we need to not poke fun at Mike because otherwise he's not here to defend himself. So it's not fair. Yeah. Um, but no, you had plenty of time. What else? Um, I definitely think I was a little frazzled when it came to remembering my antibiotics. And I also was debating, like, does this person need to get admitted? I felt like the oxygen requirement was kind of weak because it wasn't, it wasn't like she was on non-rebreather or BiPAP or anything. But to be safe, I just decided to admit her. Sure, sure. Um, yeah, and so spot on. So the final diagnosis, as, as you said, was... Uh, like a COPD exacerbation caused by community-acquired pneumonia. Um, I, you did actually ask, like, if this had happened or if she had been hospitalized for this recently, so you're kind of on top of that. Um, the, so this was kind of what my goals were for this case. And so for everyone that's listening, like, Maddie and I, this is literally the first time we've recorded together. So I, I had no idea going in, like, how, how she was going to do. Um, she obviously, I'm obviously going to need to step up the difficulty here already. <laughs> you did too well, Maddie. You set the bar too high for yourself. I, I'm proud of myself, Mistake. but I'm also nervous for what's coming next time. <laughs> All right. Describe the lateral can't thought of it. No. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah. So um, the goals were, like, I didn't, I wasn't sure how confident you would be, like, actually recording the case in front of thousands and thousands of listeners, right? I wasn't, so there's things that I built into the case to make it a little more clouded. Specifically, um, like, I threw in that history of AFib, even though it wasn't even on the EKG, just to make you interpret the EKG and be, like, definitively, like, no, there's no AFib on there. Um, I made it, I wanted to make it a diagnosis that you had to interpret the chest X-ray. So, I mean, the chest X-ray wasn't anything too complicated. Mm -hmm. um, it was just, a, a like you said, it might have been a middle, I'd have to look at it again. It was either a right middle or right lower lobe pneumonia, okay. like, pretty clear infiltrate. But it, the goal, what I was trying to do was to just um, make sure that we kind of got that, that decision making. Cause like now that you're a resident, like you have to make decisions, like you have to look yeah. at it and decide what you're going to do, but you really just kind of pushed through it and just, just moved, uh, through it. <laughs> it was great. That was the main goal. Mm -hmm. Um, I also hid vitals on you, like the, the temperature. So that's one thing. I don't know if they'd actually do that on the real test or not, but certainly like when you're practicing in residency, you'll have attendings that hide vitals. Mm -hmm. And not only did you catch the vitals that uh, were – the temperature was what I didn't say up front. Mm -hmm. um, not only did you catch that, but then you circled back like immediately within a few minutes and rechecked vitals. Actually, you rechecked vitals twice. Yeah. <laughs> so it's just like – I'm just like writing down like, okay, you did a good job with the temperature. You did a good job rechecking vitals. You also did – you know, a lot of – a lot of med students aren't as um, – you did a good job with your exam. Like you're mentioning things like JVD and pitting edema and things that you wouldn't necessarily attach all the way down to the lungs. Like normally they, I listen to the heart, I listen to the lungs, oh, I hear some wheezing, and then they're kind of done. But you kept going, I'm looking for edema, I'm looking for JVD. And then you treated the symptoms. You got a, you got albuterol. You actually chose – so it's the right antibiotics, um, oh. ceftriaxone and azithromycin. Wow. I, so, I found um, that somewhere deep, deep in my brain. <laughs> Yeah, so that was good. It can be, you know, you can, uh, ceftriaxone's IV, obviously. So mm -hmm. if you were sending them home, maybe what would you switch it to? We can just keep, we can keep asking you questions until you don't know oh. something and make me feel better. Um, Let's see, that's a cephalosporin. So maybe, I forget what the name of the one is that's, oh, I can't remember. The one that you can take home. Keflex? Is it Keflex? So uh, Keflex is like a first generation. Um, I know that the, a lot of people do Augmentin. Mm -hmm. um, 
So it, it depends on it or and azithromycin would work too for like a mild kind of community acquired pneumonia and a healthy person. Okay. And so anyways, um, but yeah, you did, you did great. And I feel very excited to be kind of working with you over the next, you know, however long you decide that you're going to tolerate <laughs> us. <laughs> yeah. I think, um, going back to checking the vitals a lot, I was so scared you were going to throw her into AFib and that I wouldn't notice if I didn't keep checking. So I thought she was going to go into AFib with RVR or something like that. So I was like, I got to stay on top of it. All right. Well, next time I'm going to have to do something. <laughs> I mean, seriously. Um, I, but I was like, I couldn't. Yeah. Anyways, you did, you did phenomenal. I, you haven't even started residency yet. You're starting really strong. So uh, bravo to your medical school and to your hard work in, in medical school. You're, you're set up to, for success here. Um, do you have any, I guess there's not much else to discuss on this case. I mean, is there anything else that you, you want to tell the residents about how residency and orientation is going or how the uh, interview process, you know, just anything like that? Any other final words? Um, because we only get you as a pre-resident once. <laughs> I think my final words would be the advice that I've gotten from a lot of different people, residents, attendings, just do your best to enjoy the time that you have off between med school and residency and just know that you're supposed to start very low. That's how you can, you know, grow during residency. So um, that's kind of the mindset that I've had and I'm excited to see how much I change just in the next month and then in the next year. So yeah, I'm excited. You guys get to do the journey with me. All right, everybody, send us emails. You know my email, Zach at emclerkship.com, but you can also email Maddie, M-A-D-D-I-E, at emclerkship.com. Um, show her show her some love. Show her some, some support. The amount of courage it takes to do this is is I would not have had myself. So, um, But, again, really strong work, Maddie. Uh, until next time, everybody, keep working hard, keep studying, and be sure to enjoy your shift. <laughs>